Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ. Living Orthodoxy is the parish podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania. We've been working our way through the Gospel of Luke, and we're now almost at the end. We've been following Jesus as he makes the road trip to Jerusalem, where he will enter triumphantly and undergo his passion. Now this road passes through Jericho, which is a rich trading oasis. And along the way, you'll remember, he told that story of the Good Samaritan who took care of the gentleman that was assaulted on that very road to Jericho. He met the blind beggar, the one who said, Lord Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he told a crowd that we have to receive the kingdom as though we were little children. He also, in the chapter right before this, encountered a rich young man, we're told. A man who asked him, what do I have to do to be saved? And Jesus told him, well, you must keep the commandments. And he said, well, I've done all that from my youth up. He said, there's one thing you lack. You need to sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and come and follow me. And it said that the rich man went away from Jesus in that encounter very sad, for he had great possessions. And all the crowd was wondering, well, what is necessary to do to be saved? And Jesus said, well, it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, harder than for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. But with God, all things are possible, even though with men it's impossible. So that's the background of our story. And this same road is now leading to Zacchaeus. And his story puts all of those other stories together. Like the blind man, he couldn't see Jesus. He was also a rich man. But unlike the first rich man, he was able to be saved through his repentance and faith. And like a little child, he ran ahead and climbed up a tree. The story begins. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. Now that name Zacchaeus means pure, but he was anything but pure. He was a tax collector and the chief tax collector and the way they made their money was to collect more tax than was actually owed and they would pocket the rest. So he was a cheat, and he had become rich by extorting tax, by extorting more than the tax that was owed. But he had one redeeming feature, and that was he desired to see Jesus. And that desire was enough for him to have a saving encounter with the Lord. Now, you see, Jesus was already on the road moving towards him, and Zacchaeus was now positioning himself so that he could see the Lord. You see the synergy at work here, the way that Zacchaeus and Jesus are each moving, leading to each other. The story begins with Zacchaeus seeking Jesus, and it concludes with Jesus saying that he has come to seek and to save that which is lost. It's the very same word in Greek at the beginning and end of the story, zetao, seeking. He is seeking us, if only we will seek him. God sees our desire, and he rewards it with his presence. 
Three chapters earlier in Luke, we read the story of the prodigal son, and you remember him. He had wasted all of his life and all of his father's money, and he came to his senses, and just his desire to return to his father's house, remember how it was met? With his father running out to meet and embrace him. God rewards our desire by coming to us. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, the scriptures say. Now the sycamore tree on that road, it had been there for generations, planted by God and waiting for the day when Zacchaeus would climb it. You see, God has arranged the circumstances of our lives in order to allow us to see him, if we desire it. It's the story of the whole scriptures that God is seeking us. Remember the first encounter of God and Adam in the garden. God has come down and is walking in the garden and says, Adam, where are you? That's his first question. And the incarnation, Christmas, which we just celebrated, is the ultimate expression of God's seeking us. He actually became one of us to be with us. Emmanuel means God with us. And we must ask ourselves, what is it that we're seeking on our road trip? We're assured that God is seeking us. It continues, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. How often have I been unable to see Jesus because of the crowd? I spend my day worrying about everyone might think of me. I go along with that crowd, afraid to be different. I want to fit in. Or maybe it's material things, or my work, or other concerns that crowd out Jesus and my ability to see him. And as a result, I might miss my appointed encounter with him, unable to see him as he's passing by because of the crowd. Now, it's easy to see Jesus here in church, but what about the rest of the week? when we're out in that tall crowd. Well, Zacchaeus does something completely foolish. He becomes like a little child. He runs ahead and climbs up a tree. How unbecoming of a rich man. How embarrassing. How undignified. And would that each of us would be willing to be laughed at if only what we did helped us to see Jesus. But what happens when Zacchaeus is able to break free of that crowd and position himself in the place where Jesus was to pass by? Jesus came to the place. He looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Imagine Zacchaeus' shock at hearing Jesus call his name as someone he already knows, as someone he is seeking. He didn't walk by and say, hey, you, up in the tree. The call was very personal. The Lord sees us, and he calls us by name. He knows us better than we know ourselves, and he prepares the road of our lives for our paths to cross. He even provides the tree to climb above the crowd so that we can see him. All that we encounter in this life is sent to us for our salvation. The goal is to break free of that murmuring crowd so we can see Jesus on the road of our lives and hear him say, I must stay at your house today. Where does Jesus make his home 
on earth. He tells us that foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. His home is not an address. He abides within us. He wants to come to our house today and share a meal with us. In a few minutes, he'll come and feed us with his very body and blood. He'll become part of the fabric, quite literally, of our bodies. He wants to dwell within us. He has come to seek and to save that which is lost, and he will not rest until he has captured our heart and made it his own. In John 14, we read, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, surely Zacchaeus' house was not prepared to receive Jesus as a guest that day. But no matter what condition our home is in, maybe it's a place of fear or hostility or sinfulness, Jesus wants to come there today. If we can desire it, he will reward it, and he will give us the desire to repent and change the condition of our home, just as he did for Zacchaeus. The story continues. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. All that is left for us to do is to receive him joyfully and with repentance. A genuine encounter with Jesus always leads to both joy and repentance. The rich young man, in that previous encounter, he went away sad and unrepentant. Unlike this encounter where Zacchaeus found joy that led to his repentance. Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. Zacchaeus became a cheerful giver. Instead of taking more than was his due now, he returns more than was owed. And so much for tithing. Zacchaeus has set the bar much harder. A half of all my possessions I give to the poor. My mother has always said that the last thing about a person to be converted is their wallet. But with God, all things are possible. Now that word joy has been cheapened by the world, by that crowd, who don't understand the real meaning of joy. I'll tell you that I might have had something that the world would probably call joy when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But that's really just fleeting happiness. Real joy is so much more. It's foundational. It's deep. It's penetrating. It's unshakable. When we come before the icon of Christ, we say the prayer, For thou ascended the cross in the flesh, that thou mightst deliver from bondage to the enemy those whom thou hadst fashioned. Wherefore we cry, Thou hast filled all things with joy, for thou hast come to save the world. The prayer moves strangely from the cross to the words joy. And there's another incongruous phrase that we hear all the time. Lo, through the cross, joy has come into all the world. This isn't that superficial joy. This is deep joy that's ultimately and intimately connected to the cross and to repentance. And it's beyond what the crowd can understand. It's foolishness to them. My favorite part of the post-communion prayers expresses it this way, for thou art the true desire and the ineffable joy of those who love thee, O Christ our God, and all creation sings thy praise forever. 
I'll conclude with a personal story. I was recently introduced to a gospel hip-hop song, which I'm sure you all wouldn't normally think I would be listening to with two opera singer children. Um, But I was introduced to this song by Kirk Franklin, and it's called Road Trip. Maybe some of you know it. It's a very joyful song about our road trip of our life in Christ, with its ups and downs, but with real joy, confident in the knowledge that all that we encounter on that road trip is sent to us by God for our salvation. I heard it a few weeks ago at the funeral of my good friend Karen, who died of cancer at only 52 years of old. Now, Karen was my scrub tech. She had passed instruments to me in the operating room for 20 years. She was born in inner city Camden, moved to Baltimore, and she learned how to scrub and was Ben Carson's scrub tech at Johns Hopkins. When she returned to her home, she came to work at the University of Pennsylvania and scrubbed with me for all the years that I was there. And then when I decided to move to Camden, she went with me. She always prayed for our patients as she worked, and she was joyful in Christ to her last breath, sure in the hope of her resurrection. She had planned her entire funeral, and she requested that this song, Road Trip, be played while people were viewing her body for the last time. She wanted to share this ineffable joy that she had, breaking through death itself. It's the joy of knowing that the end of all things is eternal life with God, who loves us and has arranged everything along the road for our salvation. He has planted the tree of life for us, the life-giving tree of the cross, just as he provided the sycamore for Zacchaeus. Let us seek him, even as he is seeking us, and make haste to receive him joyfully with repentance as he comes to stay with us at our house today. Glory to Jesus Christ. For more information about St. Philip Orthodox Church, visit us online at st-philip.net.